It's ladies' night. Appreciate the ladies, appreciate y'all being here on a blistery cold evening. Head to the book of Joshua. Book of Joshua. We'll begin chapter 24 right at the end of the book. We were looking at uh, a word. We were studying the uh, Ruth, looking at her loyalty and integrity. Two words concerning Ruth. And then Joshua uh, 
two words that we could use with him instead of one. One is faithful. And number two, he was a leader. In Joshua 24 and verse 29, we'll begin reading there. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnathserah, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. You know, to think about Joshua and his life, he's very uh, comparative to Moses. You know, they were, of course, contemporaries at the time. Uh, his faithfulness that God had, he had three kind of divisions in his life. Where he, remember, he was also in Egypt with Moses. Uh, whenever Moses, so to speak, led the children of Israel out of the promised land. Also, you think about he was also in the wilderness. So he went from Egypt in the same time period that Moses lived. He was just obviously younger than Moses. And he was able to see Moses along the journey. So Joshua, in his faithfulness, he was in Egypt. He had the Egyptian training that Moses had. He was in the wilderness his faithfulness goes this far. Remember, Moses selected 12 tribe members, 12 people, one out of each tribe, to go into the land, the promised land, the Canaan land, to spy it out. And yes, of course, two people had a positive report. Yes, we can go into the land of promise. Yes, we can go into the Canaan land. Yes, we can go into the promised land. It's ours. God said it was. I don't care how big the giants are. Uh, you know the old saying, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And that's exactly what Caleb and Joshua were saying. You know, his experience in the wilderness, his thir a matter of fact, is about 30 years in the land of Canaan, something that Aaron and Moses didn't get to do. But God gradually moved this man along and used him for his honor and glory. Now, I want to ask you this. How can we, facing the year 2014, you and your family, how can you say, God, I want to be an example to others. I want to be a role model to others so that they'll follow that they'll follow the Lord, that they'll serve the Lord. That's what I want. I want people to serve God because they see how I serve God. Matter of fact, did you know how many times did Paul say, follow me as I follow the Lord? Okay, let's head down here and look at some of the characteristics of what I call Joshua's faithfulness. <clears throat> Number one, Joshua was obedient. Let's back up in the story. In Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8, just back up, we're going to cover some of his characteristics, some things that he did, some things that you and I can do. So Joshua 17, excuse me, Exodus 17, begin about verse 8. There we go. Oh. Then came Amalek. And fought with Israel 
and Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go and fight with Amalek tomorrow. And I will stand at the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him and fought with Amalek and Moses and Aaron and Hur and went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat there. Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the one on the other side. And the Bible says in verse 13, And Joshua discomfited, and that's a redneck for whipped, <laughs> Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, this is a neat story. You know, he was a courageous guy. Basically, this was a, they were underdogs. They were underdogs in this fight, which tells me, think about this, Joshua was a man who didn't care about odds. He cared about what God's Word said. He believed in Moses. He believed, of course, in the Lord. This is a neat story. A matter of fact, uh preached a sermon one time uh, titled, titled it this, thank, thank the Lord for guys like her. Thank the Lord for guys like her, H-U-R. And uh, so it's, he's, a, he's an unknown in the Bible. But her held up what? Moses' hands. Aaron on one side, who on the other? Her. That just sounds weird, doesn't it? <laughs> Thank the Lord for guys like her. <laughs> but H-U-R, her, was a faithful fellow who didn't care about being in the limelight. And he helped. And matter of fact, it'd be kind of like if you've ever been in a big crowd and you've spot somebody doing this, and you see them, you see their arms raised, and you see them doing that. That's what they saw. And when they looked up there and they saw Moses, matter of fact, did you know if you've, if you've ever been in a big crowd and you've ever lost, uh, like, man, where did Karen go? Where's she at? I think about the big crowds of the Armadillo Festival. Boy, that's just huge crowds in the Armadillo Festival. And uh, where did Karen go? If I can lose my wife, at the Armadillo Festival, she's where? She's on the other side of the crowd. But guess what? When you're in a battle, do you know what the, the guys 1,000 people over are doing? You don't, do you? And sometimes people can get discouraged in a battle. You don't know if you're winning or losing. You're fighting, and you say, this doesn't look like we're winning. This doesn't look like we're winning. And Caleb's fighting, Joshua's fighting, all the fighting men are fighting, and they look up, and they, they don't know if they're winning on the other side, but what do they see up on the hill? They see Moses standing there like this, arms raised in victory. Folks, God will send you somebody to encourage you. He'll send us somebody, and Caleb was one of those guys fighting and fighting, looking up, and there's Moses. Yeah, you go, you go, guys. And he's got his hands up. Matter of fact, he gets tired because this battle lasts for a long time, and those other people are helping him. Joshua was a man of courage, and that is a neat story right there. Joshua was also a man of, of servanthood. He was a man of loyalty. He was a man of credibility. He was a man of power. He was a man of responsibility. You know, and 
turn, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter... This is neat. Right there at the end. In verse 9. I love... Well, I need to back up because it's one of my favorite verses. In Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 7, it says this, And Moses was 120 years old when he died, and he didn't wear glasses, and he was still stout. I love it, what it says. His eyesight was not dim, nor his natural force abated. 120 years old. That's a pretty neat deal. And uh, But look at verse 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit and wisdom, for Moses laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened. You know what that means? They listened unto him as did the Lord commanded Moses. In other words, he had responsibility he had respect he had courage the people loved not only Moses they loved Joshua too why because he was a respectable man he was a man of of honor he was a man of his word he was a man who followed through matter of fact he said to Caleb he said we're old but we're going into the promised land and we're going to get the mountain that God promised us we're going to get it And this what? It doesn't matter my age. I'm going in. It doesn't matter the excuses. I don't care if you got a limp. We're going in. We're going to take the land of promise. That's the kind of fellow he was. He believed God. And people loved Joshua. Why? Because he was totally in love with the Lord. He was faithful and courageous. There's some interesting things that we can draw from this. The first thing drawn from all these common characteristics, is to we can live ahead of our contemporaries. We can live ahead of our contemporaries. That's a fancy way of saying that if everybody else around you is saying no, you can still say yes to God. That's living ahead of your... You're saying, well... Me and him's the same age. Me and him have been saved as long as everybody. Me and him are are right here beside each other. But he says, no. Joshua said, go. (laughs) Those ten other guys, remember the story? The ten spies? They didn't vote. Who, Who was right? You know, you say the majority always... Rules, that may be true, but the majority is not always right. We can say the majority rules, but it doesn't mean the majority is right. Because in that instance, in a lot of instances, think about, you know, Stephen, he was all alone. Think about David, he was all alone, but he said, they all said yes to God. So, live ahead of your contemporaries, what does that mean? When everybody else says no to God, I'm going ahead. When nobody stands with me, I'll stand up for the Lord. I don't care who's behind here. The Bible says if God be for us, who can be against us? You and God are majority. Did you know that? It doesn't how many people vote against you. You and God are right if you stand with Him and His Word. So Joshua lived ahead of his contemporaries. Also, 
Joshua lived above his circumstances. Think about the challenges he faced. There's a uh, talk to the fellow who preached our revival a few years ago, Brother Richard Hamlin. He's over there at Sharon Missionary Baptist Church. And he followed in the ABA work just a, a legend, a fellow by the name of Glenn Tropp. Well, Brother Glenn had been there about mm, 20, well, 30 something years. He said he's had to overcome a lot of, well, Brother Glenn, Brother Glenn Tropp, he did, Brother Glenn Tropp did this, Brother Glenn Tropp did that, Brother Glenn Tropp, Brother Glenn Tropp. Think about Joshua following Moses. <laughs> you ever thought about that? Well, that ain't the way Moses did it. That ain't the way Moses would have done it. I don't think Moses would have done that. Well, Moses this and Moses that, Moses that. And guess what Joshua just says? He says, well, I understand he's a great leader. I loved him too. But think about the challenges. So Moses dies. He doesn't even get the people in the promised land. He says, now I've got 1.8 million people to take over. That's a pretty big church, Pastor, isn't it? Of course, he had a bunch of people helping him, a bunch of people out there doing this and doing that. But guess what? He's following the footsteps of a legend. That's one problem. And the other problem, what? He's got a lot of folks to get across this river. But guess who's helping him? It doesn't matter. See, rise and live above your circumstances because why? I'm serving the Lord. You say, well, this, this broke. Something went wrong. Are we serving the Lord? Yeah. Or is he first in our life? So we can live above our contemporaries, and we can live above our circumstances. And then finally, and lastly, live beyond your capabilities. You know, a lot of times we say, well, I can't because I'm not talented enough. You know, he had a great impact upon all his people. He loved living for people. Uh, matter of fact, I, I love the story. He he uh, he said, you, you know, remember Moses made excuses. He lived above his capabilities. Joshua did the same thing. Something very interesting here. It says here, I want to compare two verses. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my finger on this part of Joshua 24:31. Everybody head to Joshua 24:31. <clears throat> All right, and then Joshua 2, excuse me, Judges 2.7. Judges 2.7. These are very, very similar, pretty neat. But Joshua 24.31 says, And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, which had known all the works that the Lord had done in Israel. All right, fast forward. Now, this is kind of a summary found in the book of Judges. Judges chapter 2 and verse 7. 
And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. Notice it's the same words. Different fellow writing the same words that were passed down. Who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Verse 8, And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance. Fast forward, verse 10. And also all the generation that were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord, the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves with them, and provoked the Lord to anger. Folks, our nation, you know, with an example like Joshua is, your family, my family, and our nation is one generation from leaving the Lord. You ever thought about that? There's an example. Now, it says it was their grandkids. Because there was one generation who saw it, then the next generation didn't see it, and the next were gone. So really, one generation. It's one generation that drops the ball, and the other generation doesn't really have much of a chance. You know, we're kind of protected here in the Bible Belt, but I don't know if you've noticed but our nation's falling apart. We're sheltered. We are. We had a small, trivial example of a bunch of Christians speaking out here the other day. We better start speaking out. We're losing our nation. We're losing our families. We better have courage. Do you think it took courage to say to the other ten guys, listen, we're going to die out here if y'all don't go forward and listen to God and His Word. And they did. The majority is not always right, are they? The United States saying, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay, but it's not, is it? And so Joshua had courage. We need to have courage too. As we prepare for him invitation. Father, I'll just bow before you, thanking you for the great example of Joshua and the courage that he displayed to, to live above and beyond the people that were around him, to say yes to you, even in the face of adversity, even no matter his circumstances to step up to the task, to go into unwinnable circumstances and to remain faithful and to do what you had him to do. Help us to have the same courage. Help us to have the same strength and determination. Father, thank you for the ones that are here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen.